Hello, I'm Helen Daly. Welcome to Build It, Thou Come. Candid interviews with amazing Australian entrepreneurs who started with a humble idea and built it into something substantial and sustainable. It's the human face behind how they built it. On today's episode... What we were able to bring into the medical industry is a completely different perspective to solve a problem that had been quite intractable. When Hugo Rourke was in his mid-twenties and working as a management consultant at McKinsey & Co., he decided he wanted to have a more positive impact on people's lives who he judged really needed it. So he took the tricks and tactics that companies like Woolies and big banks use to get you to buy more and that give customers the easy-to-use one-stop online shopping or banking experience, and Hugo put them to work in the medical health space. Rourke and his mate Scott Taylor co-created an app for smartphones to help the thousands of people and patients trying to manage treatment plans for their chronic illnesses like diabetes and heart disease and manage them every day of their lives. Their app is Perks Health, an evidence-based digital therapeutic, the guys call it, that drives better management of, say, diabetes by offering rewards and one-stop help thereby improving the health outcomes of those living with complicated long-term medical conditions. A brilliant idea for both patients and the health system, but not without considerable challenges and hurdles for the young pair, neither of whom were doctors, to work through over the past seven to eight years since the inception of Perks Health. Here's part one of our chat with Hugo Rourke. Hugo Rourke, co-founder and CEO of Perks Health. Thank you so much for joining us on Build It, They'll Come. Great to have you. Thanks, Helen. Great to be here. You began your startup journey, what, just under seven years ago, but we'll talk about the journey in a moment. What is Perks Health? I mean, it's not necessarily a brand or a name that we've all heard of. No, so Perks Health is a targeted digital health solution, and we work with insurers and providers to provide an app to people managing health conditions, which is a actually a large part of our healthcare system. It's about 90% of our healthcare spend. What is? Treating people with chronic health conditions like diabetes or heart disease. And so, so long-term conditions that they uh, may be in a treatment plan through a doctor or a hospital, exactly. not you guys. Exactly. And But your app, your yeah, digital so what, solution helps what, them manage it. Yeah. What we do within that is all about management. And when we think about management, we think about two key things. One, making it really easy for people to manage all the things to do with their health and in Chronic disease, that's things like medications, it's physical therapy, it's appointments with doctors, it's um, reporting surveys to their care team, but then also making it motivating uh, and making it really motivating to do those tasks every day because the truth is across all those different tasks, people actually only do about half of what their doctors or clinicians or allied health professionals are telling them. So we focus a lot on the behavior change aspect of this alongside making it simple for those people to manage their health. So how do you motivate them? Yeah, so we think about three big buckets of motivation. And the core of Perks is taking the best of behavioral science and applying it to quite a medicalized area of health, which is disease management. But 
what we use are things like intrinsic motivators. So helping people feel that sense of achievement in managing their health through Just things. Just through your through, app. Through, so through they're the engaging so with the app on this smartphone. Engaging the app and they might hit a streak. So it might become very motivating if you're a person who's crossed, we have people who've crossed the 1,000-day streak mark of perfect days of managing their health and that becomes really motivating for them. The second area we think about is extrinsic rewards to balance those. So things like gift cards to your favorite retailers, really? um, or shops that you enjoy, like a loyalty program, but also charity donations. So plenty of people out there are quite altruistic rather than with those extrinsic motivators as well. And we saw that in things like the bushfire appeal, for example. We saw a lot of people getting behind that and donating those rewards to the bushfire fire appeal a couple of years ago. And then the third area we think about is social. Um, so we think about how do we get people collaborating or competing in manage managing their health. And you'll notice that those motivators are really common in other areas of our lives, whether it's in retail loyalty programs, whether it's in our social media platforms, whether it's in Duolingo for language learning. And yet no one has applied these before in the area of behavior change for disease management. So that's what Perks No one was has set up. done that before. No, not really. Um, and we were stunned. So Scott and I come from backgrounds where we're exposed to a lot of these tactics. Scott is your- Scott is my co-founder, yeah. very good point. And both of us in our early careers got exposed to these tactics. In his case, it was more on trading platforms, um, which use a lot of these tactics to drive volume in trading. In my case, I worked with a lot of consumer companies at McKinsey. So we worked with you know, uh, games and gaming companies. I worked on loyalty strategy for supermarkets. I worked on promotion strategy for you know, alcohol, sadly, uh, but also consumer packaged goods. And, and, and those tactics work and we could see that empirically. So we wanted to bring that into what I believe is actually one of the most important ways we could use those tactics, which is supporting people to get the best health, health outcomes from their existing doctors and from their existing treatment plans. You call it a digital therapeutic. Just can you explain that a bit more? Yeah. So I think there's two broad areas of, of health apps. One is kind of wellness apps where they're a bit like vitamins you might get down at your local pharmacy. Um, they might make claims, but there isn't good evidence for, for what they're doing. Digital therapeutics is a term in our industry, which is used to describe apps that have hard scientific research behind them. And so in our case, we've run a few different trials with different bodies, but including a randomized control trial, we we're able to show that not only we drove better management of diabetes in quite a complex cohort, but also that that then translated to better outcomes and much improved their rate of diabetes control. So that's what digital therapeutic means. It means that we don't just have an app and make claims, but we've actually got the scientific evidence behind it that it's going to have an impact on those people's lives. Well, we'll go into that in a little bit more detail later, but I love the name Perks, P-E-R-X, which I'm assuming is a play on P-E-R-K-S, which signifies that there are good things coming your way if you engage with this smartphone app. Is Was that yeah. the idea behind the name? Yeah. So I think like in hindsight, we probably didn't think hard enough about the name, but we're very happy oh, with the really? one we ended up with. I think, you know, Scott and I aren't the most creative people. We didn't <laughs> engage outside people. I mean, when we were starting the company, we just needed to get a name and get moving. Um, but that being said, Perks, Perks represents two things. So the first is what you mentioned, Perks, which when you think about in your day-to-day -day life means, 
a positive reward for doing something you should probably already be doing. So you might get a perk if you're best on field in your footy team, or you might get a perk if you're a kid who does their homework, or you might get a perk as a employee in the workplace um, at the end of the year. So it's not it's just something that's a positive reinforcement of something you should be doing, but maybe this perk will help drive drive that behavior change. The other side of perks um, is the RX. Uh, and that comes from, if you think of the top of a prescription pad, there's the RX at the top, which means um, it comes from a Latin word and I won't geek out on that except to say it means to take or to undertake. So to actually do the action. And our focus at perks is not being a doctor, or designing the best treatment plan, we're focused on helping people do the doing every day of their life. And so that RX really speaks to what our product is, which is helping you achieve the behavior change that you want to achieve and with some positive benefits, some positive perks on top. Okay. So you targeted from the beginning this idea of chronic, or not the idea, the the uh, chronic illnesses that affect people. Yep. Why did you go for them? I mean, they must be the hardest, obviously, to get people to follow their management plans. Yeah. So there's there's a few reasons. One, it's the place where we can have the most impact in people's lives. So, you know, helping someone and people have products like ours for wellness, whether it's for mindfulness or for exercise. And those solutions are great, but ultimately where we can have the most impact in terms of saving lives, in terms of saving healthcare dollars is in the people who are managing these chronic conditions who end up costing the vast majority of our healthcare spend and our, and our tax dollars. Um, and so that's where we focused. And we saw that in our own family with our grandparents and parents managing these types of chronic conditions that we could support them in achieving that behavior change. The other reality is that chronic conditions are literally something you manage every day of your life. It's not, I'll go for a run this weekend or you know, I'll do some mindfulness on, twice a if week. If I miss out on my steps, that's okay today. Yeah, it's okay today. But when it comes to chronic condition management, you need to be doing tasks daily, if not three, four, five times a day. And so we thought a companion app like Perks could really help people in that day-to-day implementation and supporting people to achieve those perfect days of, of health management. And I guess the other point is that you've sort of tackled an area or a type of patient that might be really more high risk. They might be, what would you call it? They have uh, low, some people would have uh, the low ability to stick to a management plan if they have diabetes or chronic heart disease. Whereas the wellness apps, they target people who perhaps want to be well. They've decided already, I'm going to be fitter or I'm going to be more well than I am. What other diseases fall into the category that of, of patients that you help? Yes, we, we work across a broad range. So we work across cardiovascular health, endocrinology and diabetes specifically, uh, mental health we do some great work in, physical injury and uh, recovery. Really, we've built a solution that focuses on the behavior change aspect, because if you crack that for one disease, you actually crack it for all conditions. And that's always been our thesis from the start. The other reality is that high, high risk individuals, to use your words, tend to be the people who are managing multiple conditions. And so all of a sudden, a single solution doesn't really, a, a solution that only addresses one disease doesn't really match their lived experience. So we've always built a product from day one that has been multi-condition, multi-therapy because we want it to be that one-stop shop as such for people managing all their chronic conditions. And we only learned that by talking 
to people who manage conditions. It became very obvious to us very early on that single disease siloed solutions weren't weren't going to work for the people who needed the most help. Right. So your Perks app could help if I needed to take, you know, a pill for cholesterol, but also if I had diabetes and I was managing whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's all sorts of crossovers. That's a common one. Another area where we do quite a lot of work is in workers' compensation. And they're the two big conditions are, you know, mental health related psychological trauma and physical trauma. But the truth is the people you have to worry most about are the people who have both of those at the same time and need to manage both the physical side and also the mental health side. So it's a it's a something we've always held dear from the start and that we wanted to make something that matched the lived experience rather than building, you know, for doctors or building for the provider, but actually focus obsessively from the start yeah. on that on that individual's experience and their their lived experience of managing disease. So just fill us in on some facts and figures in terms of how big a problem is non-adherence to a management plan or a, um, a treatment plan. Yeah, so it's a huge one and it's one we don't speak enough about. No one says that grandma passed away because she didn't stay on top of her medications. But in truth, that is a driver of outcomes like that. And so the problem to give you the facts and figures in, in developed um, economies, most countries spend 10% of their dollars on healthcare. About 90% of that is with these kind of people, people who are managing chronic health conditions. 90%, 90% of, of all our healthcare developed spend. countries' healthcare spend is with people with chronic conditions. Yes. Wow. And, and then of those? Yeah. And then of those, you could say uh, something like half that cost comes from people not managing their health wow. correctly. And and one way to think about this is that we already have great drugs, we already have great doctors, but where we fall down is that people actually only implement about half of those treatment plans. And so one way to massively improve the productivity of healthcare and the cost effectiveness of healthcare is to drive adherence. Um, and so that's why we focus on that area because we think it's it's the hidden part way to massively uplift outcomes from our existing our existing healthcare services. Okay, so what is the difference, I guess, Hugo, between sort of Doctor Zoom, which we had during the pandemic yeah. and you couldn't see people face to face, but also Doctor Google, where we all go and look ourselves for, oh, that's what I've got and that's what I need to do. And this sort of virtual health idea, which I guess is what you're really doing. Yeah. So I and think what's the potential of virtual health? Yeah. So so one way is to describe this by by analogy, if you let me kind of run with this. So we saw in COVID the the arrival of telehealth, which had been in other developed markets for the best part of a decade. And what that allowed us to do is to use digital to interact in the same way as we probably were pretty used to with with a doctor. But when it comes to areas like banking or e-commerce, we don't sit down and do a telehealth or a video conference with a banker or a video conference with a sales clerk. We actually have a very different experience for, for buying online or for, for interacting with your bank online. So what Perks is, we believe, is it's the beginning of the second wave of digital health, which won't just translate existing models of delivery into video but we'll actually reimagine what is possible with digital and reimagine the way of supporting these people and delivering care. And we're, we're really excited about digital because we think 
what digital has in spades is the ability to be with people every day of their lives, to engage them, to motivate them, and really be that companion as they go on their journey of managing chronic conditions. And also, Hugo, you can get to so many more people. I mean, clinicians just couldn't see the same number of patients that an app on a smartphone could get to. Yeah, you're you're 100% correct. And the scalability is critical. Um, We work with tens of thousands of individuals. And to give you a taste of comparisons, whole states of our country have chronic condition programs that might address 60,000 people across the whole state. And that's across hundreds of clinics and thousands of employees. And yet our app is able to support a similar amount of people um, in, in delivering care and supporting those people in implementing those treatment plans. So, so you're going to take away jobs? No, not at all. All those what people we, in clinics. Not at all. I think what Perks does is it's really complementary to existing care. So doctors and nurses, what they are trained to do, what they do best is look at someone and come up with the right treatment plan and tell them how best to manage their condition. What they're not able to do is be with them every single day of their life as they as they manage their health. So unlike telehealth platforms or unlike other parts of tele, um, you know, AI for replacing doctors, that's not what Perks is. Perks is entirely complementary to right. the existing services we have because, because we, solve a, the, we the, solve a different problem. Yeah, it's the not, doctors are supplying the treatment exactly. plan or the management plan. We, You're not doing that. We couldn't operate without the doctors, clinicians, nurses upstream helping people by prescribing those treatment plans and coming up with the best treatment plans. But what we focus on is a different area and it's a different problem to solve. Yeah. You're not a medical doctor. You don't come from that world. You, you've you said both of you, you and Scott, um, Scott Taylor is your, your yes. co-founder, uh, come from more the finance area. So it's still intriguing as to what drew you to this particularly difficult medical area, the, the problem of how to help chronically ill patients manage their disease on a day-to-day basis, manage it better. So what? I'm still yeah. intrigued as to why you're attracted to that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we had a bit of naivety in terms of how hard this problem historically had been yeah. and how hard doctors and nurses and other people in the healthcare system had had tried to address it but failed. But what I think we were able to bring was a very different perspective that came from these kinds of consumer industries, you know, apps like Strava for fitness, Duolingo for language learning, Class Dojo for homework with kids are phenomenal in their area at driving behavior change, positive behavior change in those different areas. And so what we were able to bring into the medical industry is a completely different perspective to solve a problem that had been quite intractable. Yeah. The, the truth of the story of Perks is that Scott and I actually tried to walk away from Perks. We put it down for six months because we were like, we're not doctors, exactly the same question. We're not, you know, we're young. What do we know about building a company? But after six months of saying, no, we can't do this, we realized that we had to try because if it helped thousands or tens of thousands of people to better manage their chronic conditions, and that was something worth risking six months on at the time, which was the original timeline we set for ourselves. (laughs) 
Okay, well, let's go back to the beginning. How did it all begin? I mean, where did the idea come from to do this? You, you, you were working in McKinsey's as a consultant. Yeah. But it's still very different to, you know, helping Woolies uh, lure more customers to the specials of the week than doing this to try and help chronically ill patients. Yeah. I mean, it is and it isn't. It's behaviour change. And that's our focus is how do we help people change the behaviours in ways that they want to and that their care team wants to. And so I'd seen behaviour change work across all these different industries that that face into consumers, that face into individuals. And the reality is healthcare is our largest consumer industry. It faces directly into patients and ultimately a large part these days of the outcomes we see in healthcare is dependent on those patients self-managing yeah. these these conditions. So so that was the kernel of, but of the where idea. did what made you think of it? Who thought of it in the beginning? Where did it come from? Did you just dream it up in the shower? Well, it was matching those experiences of seeing behaviour change at work with the lived experience of people like my grandparents who are managing chronic health conditions and seeing them struggle to stay on top of their medications and having bad outcomes or getting on top of those medications and those treatment plans and seeing much better results. Um, and so it was those, the marriage of, of those two that came together in our minds right. um, and was the kernel of perks. So how did how long did you research the idea? How long did it take you to settle on a kind of a business plan? Yeah, so we we worked on the business plan in this is late 2015 now, early 2016. Um, and Scott, to his credit, is a better business mind than I am. Um, perhaps that's to be expected from someone with his with his finance background. And what did he do in finance? Yeah, so he, he worked as an investment banker and then was in private equity. So was good at analyzing businesses and thinking about what yeah. made them what yeah. made them successful. And while I probably had more of an eye for the product in yeah. the early days, he was always thinking about that's great, Hugo, but how do we make this a sustainable business? Because if it's not profitable it's not going to survive. It's not going to last. It's not going to impact those tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives one day that that we want to. So that's that's how we started back then. As I said, we then actually shelved the idea. Right. For so you sort months. of had a business plan or a mm-hmm. rough idea of how you're going to do it. You hadn't engaged any software engineers to help you build anything. You didn't have anything, uh, any sort of product that you'd produced on your phone. No, not at this stage. Right. We were both, so you, you stepped we were back. Both still working. Yeah. We then put the idea on the shelf, convinced that we weren't the right people to do it because we weren't doctors, because we were too young. Um, but then months later- How we, old were you then, roughly? This is, uh, we were 26. Oh, so wow. pretty early okay. in our careers. Yeah. Um, but then we came back and I said, look, I am happy to leave McKinsey to spend a few months on this. And then a few months later, Scott followed me as well from his private equity job. And what we said at wow. the beginning is, we're going to get out there and we're going to speak to literally dozens of individuals manning chronic health conditions. We're going to talk to pharmacists. We're going to talk to doctors. We're just going to spend three months immersing ourselves in in this problem. We then spent the next three months building the most terrible version of our app <laughs> that, that I would be embarrassed to see today. Um, and, and what for literally less than $10,000, we got version one of the app up on the app store and in the hands of of um, patients who are managing diabetes, stroke, and a couple of other condi- patient groups as well. And immediately we got really positive feedback about 
you know, I suddenly feel positive about managing my health. This is the first time I've actually done everything I need to to wow. manage my health. Um, so were you giving away the rewards, the gift vouchers and the, the presents as much as the bells and whistles on the actual app when um, they did something right? Yeah. So the app, I mean, the app was super basic at this yeah. point. It was that you, you know, schedule your medication um, and I think we could only support two or three at that time. We'll send you a reminder. Um, you'll come into the app, take a photo that you're actually taking that medication and then we'll give you the chance to win a reward. Right. And I think the only reward we had back then was movie tickets and poor old Scott was sending those out via email. So it was all <laughs> pretty basic in that first version. Yeah. But we learned a lot with that first version. In 2017, we then started hiring the team um, to, to support us. With what us. dough? This is, this is all coming out of Scott in my pockets. And really? Including okay. those movie tickets we're literally paying for with our personal credit cards. Wow. But we knew we were onto something at this point. So Because you'd had the good feedback from actual patients. Exactly. Yeah. And, and at first it was- And they weren't paying for it. They, they didn't have to pay for, for the app. It no, was all, all no, free no for patients. Pay, yeah. Pay for but you hadn't worked out how to commercialize it yet. You were still maxing we were, out your credit cards. <laughs> we hadn't real we hadn't focused on commercializing, is probably the way I'd put it, because yeah. we knew that until we could prove that people would be excited to use this product, that they would start to report that it helped them better manage those diseases. And ultimately, you know, about six months. After the beginning, we started to get people coming back and saying, hey, I've just got back from my doctor and I've got the best blood results I've had in six months. And those stories were really motivating, made it motivating for us. But we were still running on, you know, basically our bank accounts going deeper and deeper into the red as we went through 2017. But in a sense, um, Hugo, that's great that you actually were doing the R&D with the people who were going to make the product work or not work, yep. rather than think, oh, how can we make money out of this at the beginning? Let's go and get some business person to back us without doing the the proper R&D to see if the product was going to work. Yeah, that is 100% true. And we still to this day, we know that our product will fall down if we don't put number one, that user experience of people using the platform. So the patient the comes patient. first. Yeah, the patient. Although lots of these people don't think about themselves no, as patient. I, no. I sometimes use that language as well. But ultimately, a lot of these people are just out there living their lives, yeah, managing right. health conditions, like you know, roughly half of Australia. And so we knew that we had to focus on those individuals and making a solution that was easy, exciting, a little bit rewarding. Uh, for them as they manage their health. Okay, so 2017, you started to say you started to build a team. Yeah. With what? Yeah, again, again, uh, our own savings. Oh, okay. And, you know, by the end of 2017, we were we were pretty poor and broke, <laughs> um, but we also went out and raised funds. And the, the reason we were able to raise funds is in tw- during 2017, we also signed our first two enterprise customers. Um, and so we're able to go to those venture capital funds and those angels and say, look, we've got a product that is promising. There's a lot more to do on it. There's a lot of research to do, a lot of product development to do, but it's promising. Plus, we have the the first customers um, in in interested and signed contracts to deliver Perks programs in and, 2018. And what sort of customers were they? Can you just sort of explain who would um, be your customer, sort of different to the people managing their um, their chronic illness? Yeah, so we, we work with both insurers and providers. So our very first customer was actually a branch of New South Wales Health, which is super exciting. We don't think about public health as being the, the innovators in the space, but we were lucky to meet 
um, a chief executive of one of the groups of hospitals in New South Wales who took a risk on us. And what I think she saw, and I can't put words in her mouth, is two people who were passionate about the problem, but also had a radically different approach to what traditionally comes out of you know the medical cohort and our existing healthcare system. So she took that risk. Do you want to give a shout out to whoever <laughs> yeah, she is? I feel like I should. So her name her, her name is Teresa Anderson. Um, and what what she did was set us up to not only work commercially with her health district, but also then to run a randomized control trial alongside it. So we both got the commercial traction and we got the clinical evidence um, that over time would pay dividends as we develop the company. So just briefly tell me about the randomized trial, because that sounds like proper evidence. Yes, 100%. It was a proper blind, yep. double blind, that sort uh, of thing? Not, or- not double blind because it's a bit hard to do with an app that yeah, people right. have to use. Okay. But it was a fully randomized controlled trial. There were about 50 people using perks to manage their diabetes and other conditions and about 50 people who didn't get to access perks, although they do now have it after the trial. And what we saw between those two arms is you know, better attention and care in the perks arm. We saw behavior change and better adherence to their medications in the Perks arm. And ultimately, we saw improvements in blood outcomes. So we were able to show at the end of 12 months that the Perks cohort had a significant improvement in their HbA1c, which is the key risk marker for diabetes, while the non-Perks arm, like most people in that cohort, had a slow deterioration in their HbA1c. So we are able to show that compared to normal care, the introduction of Perks had had a material impact. So you did this in conjunction with the University of Sydney? Uh, yes, and Sydney Local Health District. Yeah, right. And then so what happened after that in terms of getting the product out there and what did the product look by at, at this time? Yeah, so, I mean, at this time we were starting to broaden the product. So mm-hmm. we started focused and narrow in medication, but we knew that Ultimately, the jobs to be done for these individuals was much broader than medication. So in around 2018, we started expanding out into broader sets of um, tasks. So whether people are managing their physical therapy tasks or they're managing um, appointments or they're managing even steps where it has a more clinical relevance to, say, recovering after a heart attack. Um, And so we started broadening out the app that way. And you were, yes, including all these... um sort of avenues into the one app. Yeah. So it was sort of the one-stop shop for these um, clients, I guess yeah. you'd call them. Yeah, and we're, we're a patients. big believer in that. And we think we've seen this in other areas of app development that people like one app that does it all, whether it's in social, whether it's in shopping like Amazon, whether it's banking, know, using banking or Spotify, um, and maybe I shouldn't call them out in a podcast, um, but we, we had the same fundamental belief that people want one place to go to to manage their health. They don't want a separate app for their glucometer, a separate app for tracking their blood pressure, a separate app for managing their medication, and a separate app for diarising their, um, their appointments. They want that all in the one place, and so we were able to do that. So between, say, the idea starting to germinate it, um, towards the end of 2015 and 2018, how difficult were those early years? And what really were the challenges? Yeah, I mean, it's always highs and lows in in a company like Perks. Um, so, you know, 2017 was a pretty lean year. And I'm, I distinctly remember as we, we closed that fundraising round, I think it was the 23rd of December, 2017. And as we approached Christmas, I remember telling my 
my then new girlfriend, who who is now my wife, uh, that you know Christmas was going to be pretty poor this year, and I wouldn't have the money to go out to restaurants and enjoy the summer period like like others might be. Um, thankfully, that was the leanest Perks has ever been, and it's probably the time that Scott and I had the most personal you know risk and stress. Um, that doesn't mean that it's all been clean sailing since then no. at Perks, but. What it means is, yeah, at least in the future, it wasn't just on us personally to keep this company going. Did you think at that stage, that lean 2017 Christmas, I might walk away? Yeah, it was definitely on the cards. Um, We couldn't go much further. Like, quite frankly, we weren't going to make payroll in kind of January or February um, if we we didn't close that fundraise. How many employees did you have by then? I think we were a team of about five, wow. except for Scott and I. So yeah. we were funding five employee salaries, um, full and credit. And responsible for five people's livelihoods. Yeah, you know, that yeah sort that's, of that stress. Credible will, responsibility. That stress will always be there um, in a in a company like Perks. And we take that very seriously in how we hire and how we think about growing the business over time. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of responsibility. And you know, back then we were, we were 27. Um, so it was pretty pretty early days. It's quite extraordinary. I mean, you went out and did um, the uh, randomised trial, controlled trial, but around that time or sort of getting towards um, 2020, we had those dreadful scandals and scams in the United States, the Theranos blood testing I'm thinking of, which, you know, became a very famous podcast and then uh, I think Netflix series. Um, you know, even a company as big as Walgreens, and we know, um, you know, massively rich investors bought that whole story, and it turned out to be, well, a fake, or it, it couldn't be proved that it worked, and that sort of thing. Did you get stung by some of that um, kind of negativity in the market around uh- that time? Probably not distinctly at that point. That definitely had repercussions for hardware in medical in the medical area. And we we saw startups who literally had versions of Theranos that worked. And the sad thing for them was that they really struggled to raise. I'd say more broadly in venture capital until, you know, 2020, health and digital health was not the most popular area. People were much more willing to fund other SaaS businesses yeah. or to go into marketplaces. Um, digital health may never be sexy, let's be honest. Um, and what we do, supporting people managing chronic health conditions is not what VCs want to go out and necessarily speak about. But what we've been able to do since then is bring some great venture capital partners on the journey um, who've seen us build this company over the years. When did you know that this was a successful model, that this was going to work as a product? And, and be successful and sustainable. Yeah, so I think it was trying to get together the three key pieces for us. So first was the product experience and making that compelling for individuals. And as we've already discussed, that's exactly where we started and spent, you know, been iterating on ever since. We'll never be done with that. The second piece was the getting the commercial customers who could ultimately fund the product for individuals managing those cr- chronic health conditions. And then the third piece was the, evidence that it all really worked. Evidence takes time. So that clinical trial, we didn't finish until late 2019 and we published it with the British Medical Journal in late 2020. So these things take quite a long time. And I remember the moment distinctly of getting the results back 
and seeing that we had had positive results on behavior, positive results on retention, clinical care, positive results on biomarkers. And that's when it really felt like, okay, this is clicking. We've got products, we have customers, and now we have the evidence that it's actually making a significant impact in people's lives. When did venture capital really come on board and and make a difference to the funding side of your life? Yeah. So at that point, and just after we published that paper, uh, we were lucky to raise money from Airtree. And in particular from Jax, who's one of their partners there, who's always had a long interest in in digital health and someone we've talked to since the since the early days of of Perks. This um, is Airtree Ventures. This is this is Airtree Airtree Ventures. And I think what they saw in Perks was someone who, as we've discussed, was attacking a massive area and had the beginnings of success across those three different areas of commercial success, product success, and and clinical evidence. That being said, a lot of our journey is ahead of us. We're still in the early days of perks, and I keep my team honest of our product is still could be so much better. Uh, the scale of our impact can be so much better if we work with more customers, and we have to keep building the commercial, the clinical evidence that shows that we're having that that impact in people's lives. Do you have any, does Perks have a protective moat around it? Do you have such a point of difference that no one can disrupt you? <laughs> it's a it's a very good, good question. Um, and it's one that we think about a lot. I think the first thing to say is the app experience, what you don't see is the algorithms that sit behind it. So what our app is trying to do is figure out how do we present the best experience for this individual managing their health? And those algorithms are proprietary and, and sit inside our, inside our team. The other thing that really helps us over time is the deep relationships we develop with our customers. And we're on varying points in that journey with varying customers, but some of our customers we've worked with for four years. And at first they gave us trial this with these hundred people. Okay, you've shown success to this. Trial across this state trial this, well, now roll this out nationally. Um, and those kind of relationships, you can only build over time. And they're a big part of how do we build a business that does exist over time is, is working deeply with those you know, dozens of enterprise customers. That sounds like a great place to take a break. Hugo, will you stay with us and we'll, we'll continue this discussion, but uh, we'll have a break and we'll be back with part two next time. Looking forward to it. I hope you enjoyed Build It, Thou Come. Let me know via Twitter and LinkedIn. Better still, let your family, friends and colleagues know by sharing it around your networks. And I'd love you to give it a star rating on Apple Podcasts to make it easier for others to find us. Be sure to subscribe as there are plenty of upcoming episodes you don't want to miss with more amazing innovators and entrepreneurs on how they turn their light bulb idea into an empire.